Welcome to Adopted Feels, a podcast about anything and everything adoption related. I'm Hannah. I'm Ryan. <laughs> Why did I sound like that? People know people know that already, probably. Okay. All right. Okay. This is episode number sixteen. Yay. Yay. Um, I mean, I don't have a thing about the number sixteen, but we just want to take the opportunity to say. Thank you so much for tuning in, um, especially those of you who followed our ramblings from the start. Thank you so much for persevering. So on this podcast, we've talked about the adoptee community, life in Seoul and in Melbourne, uh, search for birth family and the complexities of reunion and some other random stuff. But we haven't really touched on relationships with adoptive parents We know it's a really big topic and sometimes a contentious one, Uh, but today we'd like to broach it. So we'll chat a bit about our own adoptive families, and then we want to focus more generally on the relationship between adult adoptees and adoptive parents, not just our own. Yeah. Yes. So Hannah has a lot of experience speaking publicly about adoption to predominantly adoptive parent audiences. And recently, I was on a panel with two fellow adoptees. Um, And we also think it's a really good time to have this conversation, or at least start it, as it's currently National Adoption Awareness Month. Cool. So maybe the first um, thing we can discuss is, yeah, so it's episode 16, so why we've shied away from talking about our folks so far. Yeah, yeah. Hannah, do you have any thoughts on this? (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I think it's partly because, you know, the intention for the podcast or the, the intention that, um, has emerged (laughs) is, you know, to create, um, another adoptee specific adoptee safe space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In our case, like kind of online. Um, and you know, we really didn't want to like censor ourselves and so, yeah, that means, like, I guess, like, when we start to talk about our adoptive families and our parents, um, a lot of judgment can come up, right? Um, and then, like, we start being careful about what we say because we, we don't want to um, upset any of our own relatives and we, we don't want to totally. offend um, listeners who, yeah, who might not be... Uh, who might be like adoptive parents or adopted adoptive family siblings or whatever, or just, you know, members of the general public who have really strong opinions on adoption when for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think I covered it. Did I cover it? I think (laughs) that's why we've shied away from talking about it. Yeah. Okay, so just briefly, um, I guess we can introduce our uh, adoptive families. Um, my parents are both uh, white Australian parents. My mom was born in Scotland and my dad's like fifth generation Australian or something. <laughs> um, and then I have one younger sister who is my parents' biological daughter. Yeah. Um, What's the age? Yeah, I think you have four years. Is that the same for you? 
Uh, mine's five years. Oh, really? But, yeah, similar, yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, and I think my family, we're, we're relatively close. Um, I think that's partly because we moved around a lot, um, like, while I was in primary school and, and middle school. Um, so I think that kind of bonded us together as a unit a little bit. Um, and, yeah, they're generally, like, very loving and supportive. Like, uh, yes, there are issues there, like, with every family. And um, I think we're not... We haven't always been, like, particularly good about, um, you know, talking about feelings and issues openly. I think it's that very kind of... Um, that uh, inherited... British culture that we have in Australia of like um, kind of just like stiff upper lip and sweep it under the rug and mm. you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really think I'm relatively lucky, especially when um, yeah I meet other adoptees and hear about their experiences. Um, and I think it's interesting. Like my parents are really, my whole family is very supportive. Of they, they've always been very supportive of me doing a birth family search and maintaining a relationship with my birth family. Um, for the most part, I think that was also like difficult, especially for my mum. But I think she also found it hard to articulate that. Mm. And yeah, and they've been supportive of me moving to Korea now twice. It was really sweet. My so my parents sent me a birthday card um early this year in august and my dad wrote this little note in the card i'm gonna read it because i just think it's so sweet (laughs) he said it's great to see you so happy and we fully support your move to seoul regardless of how long that may be (laughs) (laughs) that's really sweet because yeah because because i'd had this conversation with them i was like I, one day I just kind of blurted out all my fears about, you know, it, it was the same before I did birth family search. I was, part of me was terrified that this was going to affect the, the family relationships that I already had. Mm. And I think it's the same both times I moved to Seoul. I was like, so this time I just asked them, does, you know, d- does part of you resent me moving here? Does it make you think like, oh, what what did I, did we do something wrong that, that Hannah wants to like, move back to Korea, um, does part of you feel... Wow, I can't believe you... You know, you know what? I can't believe you, you asked that <laughs> flat out. That's amazing. Like, that 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 right there is communication. No, but it was like... <laughs> you know when you feel, like, anxious and overwhelmed, so you just, like, blurt stuff out? <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be honest, it's like, I'll be, you know, I'll be chatting... Like, my parents will have me on speakerphone, so I'll be chatting to both of them. But I feel like those conversations, they're probably more like... It's like my, my dad kind of acts as the as a conduit, in a way, I think, between... Mm. He, he kind of, like, rese- represents both of my parents. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. So it's kind of more between me and my dad directly. Um, but and he kind of responds for both of them, which is which is a bit weird. But anyway, that's our family <laughs> dynamics. Um, yeah. And 
Yeah, and I said, you know, do you feel weird that I'm I'm here and I I'm spending time with my birth family and that I don't know how long I want to stay here. Mm. And I didn't say this part, but it's like, yeah, you know, in some ways I'm happier here. Like, mm-hmm. I guess they they must know that on some level. Yeah, so I blurted all this out and he was like, no, actually, he's like, we, we genuinely support you. And um, I don't know, they kind of, tr- they reassured me that we would, that they would tell me if that was the case. That They said, we understand that maybe for um, other people, parents they they might feel that way but yeah but that they were different we'll see like we'll see you know if i'm here like who knows like five or ten years then (laughs) that might change but yeah um, yeah that's so nice um but you know i think it's taken us some years to uh reach this point Mm -hmm. where they're supportive like that but i mean having said that there are a lot of I, I don't talk to my parents about, say, my general feelings about adoption. Yeah. I noticed that my dad recently joined Instagram. <laughs> oh, dear. As a way of... <laughs> and um, so now... What's, what's his handle? Oh, no, no, don't say on the podcast, otherwise everyone's going to follow him. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Papa Crisp, is it? <laughs> his handle is something like Crisp and then like a string of random numbers. It's like, I don't think he's actually actively chosen his handle, you know? <laughs> I, I believe, I, I, I can't remember. Anyway, it's, a, it's not a memorable handle. <laughs> um, so I think... Yeah, I think he follows the podcast oh, on wow. Instagram, and he follow, you know. And um, so now I realize that he he would be able to read sometimes like my thoughts on adoption and stuff, but we don't talk about it mm. um, because again, I as good as our relationship is, I I guess I feel like it's kind of I don't want to complicate things unnecessarily. Yeah, and and I. At this point, I don't want to, um, like, intentionally confront them with certain questions or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I don't really... There are there are people in the world that I want to educate about adoption and, and the um, adult transracial adoptee experience, but it's like... But, but my parents are not those people. Right. At, thi- at this point in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm still very aware of um, protecting their feelings and protecting our relationship. And I guess I feel the need to say, like, whether... I'm not sure if I've made this clear before, but, you know, my relationship with my my adoptive parents and my sister is, like... It's in a whole other realm to what my relationship is now with my birth family. Mm. It's not really comparable, you know, yeah. I mean, not that it's a contest anyway, yeah. and not that, yeah, not that like one somehow negates the other, but totally, um, yeah. but I guess, I, yeah, if I'm being real, I yeah, of course, I have to say that. Mm. Anyway, would you like to introduce your family? <laughs> <laughs> would stop um, me from talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my dad is Swedish. Uh, white Swedish and my mom is Australian but she migrated to Australia from Singapore and 
I also have a younger sibling who is the biological child of my parents. Um, and she is five years younger than me, which, you know, I think is interesting. There must be lots of adoptees like us where like reproductive technology came out and our younger siblings are our biological kids of our parents. Um, our relationship is good. It's probably become closer uh, since actually like since I came out as trans, which was like a nice, wow, kind of nice, um, not not a surprise, like because that mean <laughs> that implies like <laughs> um, didn't really expect it, but like I think yeah, I think I was just so afraid of their reaction and what that would mean for our relationship um, when I came out. So actually, it in a weird way like forced us all to be much more communicative with each other and for them to also look after each other when they were coming to terms with. Uh, my gender identity and what that might mean for them. So in a weird way, I think, like, yeah, my parents, like, had... Like, I think my dad said that at one point. Like, it, it like it brought them closer together, basically. Which um, <laughs> is a nice side effect, I guess. And, yeah, I'm close to my sister. I feel like as as kids, we weren't close. But at the older we get, the closer we become. Yeah. Um, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, they, they know about my... Um, trans or history podcast they don't know about adopted feels um what I think, your parents yeah. don't no my parents don't i mean my sister does um she's one of our uh, patrons yeah she was um, our first <laughs> patron yes um but yeah i, I think i wanted this podcast to be yeah a space where i didn't feel worried about how what i say on the podcast might be taken or might be understood by my parents um I wanted to have a place where I wouldn't have to sort of self-censor I don't know how much longer adoptive feels would be (laughs) hidden from them but um yeah I mean I I worry that yeah I worry that I'll hurt their feelings mostly and I do feel really protective of them um and also like I guess yeah kind of protective of the family's relationship um yeah I just wouldn't want them to feel hurt I guess by anything that that I say there's a interesting parallel though because now that I'm doing like research on adoption um I'm like increasingly worried about like you know getting published and then it's like in the open <laughs> sphere and then they can like look it up and read it um which is like really terrifying but yeah at the same time I think I just have to learn how to chart away between like looking after their feelings and having honest conversations with them about my feelings about being adopted, but then also say like, but there's this whole other area here um, where I can like be a researcher and the stuff that I'm talking about, you know, like maybe we can have a conversation about how you're reading that, um, but it's not, it's not an attack. It's it's nothing like that, right? Um, but I yeah. I do worry. <laughs> do worry about that. Do they do they seek out and read your work? Well, I know my mom has googled me a few times because she's been like, your what your image that comes up on Google Image is awful. No wonder you haven't been hired. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so no, oh, she, your mom's so blunt. <laughs> <laughs> so she does she does look she does look me up every now and again for some reason. Yeah. Um, I do have to say I changed my photo and now she approves. So if anyone's like Google imaging me, <laughs> that has the seal of approval from my mom. 
you know, like the first, um, well, actually both times that I've been to the, sorry, been to Seoul over the last like two years, three years, um, they have asked about the trip. Obviously they knew I was looking for my birth mother and they knew that I was going to meet her. But in terms of like, I don't know, you know, like other things that I found out, like, oh, actually it was Eastern Social that named me, not my birth mother. Like I would tell my parents things like that. And I don't think they realized that that is actually kind of hurtful for me. Like they kind of just like, oh, okay. You know, so like I, I, I do share right. things with them. Um, but I haven't really sat down and been like, this is how I feel about this information I've received. This is like, I feel hurt by yeah. this or um, I more like tell them what's happening. I don't really share my feelings about what's happening right. so much. Yes. Um, and I, that's probably like me protecting myself too, as well as protecting them. But I haven't been able to blurt out in a fit of anxiety like you did <laughs> to your father. <laughs> a really blat- like blatant and honest uh, <laughs> statement. But maybe, that's, maybe that'll happen in the future. I don't know. I think um, just with my blurting out, I'm kind of glad that I did that because, because then, like, you know, he thought about it and then that's why he, he wrote that little thing in the card. Yeah. You know, it's... It, it's not like we have big conversations about our feelings all the time at all. Like, he's, he's not really that kind of person. Yeah. Um, so it's like... But because I said it, then he could kind of process it and respond in his way. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say that, that recently, um, yeah, even though my, my parents are supporting me living here and... Uh, supporting my relationship with my birth family they told me and it kind of threw me my mom kind of said like oh you know I get asked all the time like (sighs) by um by their friends and acquaintances and stuff like oh you know don't you feel bad or like like aren't you are you okay with with Hannah being over there and spending all her time with them something like that wow like with my birth family, which I'm not even spending all my time with my birth family. Yeah. But anyway, um, and it really, it kind of upset me because I've worked so hard to make my relationship with my adoptive parents good. Mm. You know, we've worked so hard as a family, mm. but it's like, but they still get questions. And, and I said, like, I tried to ask, how does that, does that affect you when you get those kinds of questions? And does it kind of throw you, you know? Yeah. It kind of pissed me off. I was like, oh, you know, people don't understand and I just... Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of wanted to protect my parents from that kind of stuff as well, from, mm. yeah, from, from other people that just don't get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is why, like, educating the wider, you know, the wider community is important. Yeah, because our parents are also going to be recipients of those sorts of attitudes and perceptions. Yes, yes. Anyway, am I, am I, again, because a lot of my co- communication is through my dad, he was like, oh, no, I, I think um, people are just curious about it and that's why they say, like, oh, that's their way of asking how do you feel about it, um, mm. <laughs> which is actually quite a personal question. But yeah. And he was like, oh, no, I think mum's okay with it, you know, um, but maybe you could ask her about it and... And I kind of never did because 
yeah, we we don't have those kinds of conversations often. But yeah. anyway, I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really important important point because yeah, I mean, I actually don't know what sorts of things my parents have been told or asked by other people. Um, I think in some ways I am really lucky that there were a lot of adoptees around me. Not all Korean, but like you know, for instance, my two of my cousins are also adopted. So it was always like very, I guess, kind of normalized within my family and within like the inner, you know, family friends and stuff like that. So I don't, yeah, I don't know what sorts of like offhand, you know, vaguely offensive things have been said to my parents. Um, I guess I'm just like trying to say that, um, yeah, it's it's obviously important because having an adoptee in the family. Is going to affect the family in ways that the adoptee can't control, um, and it's obviously not the adoptee's uh, job to control that or like worry about the feelings of their parents all the time. But um, yeah, maybe that's a side of like being part of an adoptive family that we don't really see because we're the adoptee. I mean, it's interesting that um, it's it's like you know those kinds of questions that you'd get. Uh, when you go to the supermarket with your parents as a kid, right? Like it's like mm. it's in a, in a way those kinds of questions are um, like continue mm. um, in different forms. Yeah. Yeah. So recently, you spoke on a panel um, to mainly an adoptive parent audience. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so a couple weekends ago, I spoke. On a panel after a documentary screening, um, with two other Korean adoptees and a counselor, actually that works with adolescent adoptees. The audience was, I'd say, yeah, predominantly adoptive parents. Lots of adoptive parents with their um, adoptee kids there as well. Um, but then I think there were a few like adult, adult intercountry adoptees. But yeah, that's my my general sense of the audience. I must say that 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 was like the first time that I've spoken in public about adoption, other than like or outside of like academic spaces. Okay. So I was like well and truly terrified. Like I think I've actually like repressed parts of it. I was like so nervous. They even had like. A jug of water and like little glasses for us all, like at the on the stage. And even though I was thirsty, I was like, if I lift up that fucking glass, I'm gonna spill water everywhere because my hands are shaking so hard. Oh, um, really? So. <laughs> but you've spoken so, um, like personally on the podcast. Yes, but that's also the power of editing, and also I'm just speaking <laughs> to you. <laughs> but to be like yeah. on the spot you know like oh yeah no I was terrified but do you it, think it, was, it was particularly the adoptive parents that made you nervous or do you think just just speaking on the spot in public about personal things look I think it was a bit of both I think that um mm. you know like I'm the type of person that if I have to give a presentation I literally write down every word I'm gonna say um, because I blank. So not being able to do that. And then also, yeah, just having, you know, just, just looking at in an audience and seeing lots of adoptive parents and actually never really talking to adoptive parents before. And then kind of worrying about what sorts of questions they might ask me. Yeah. That was terrifying. Um, I had no idea. I couldn't read their facial expressions. Like, 
they were like offended by something I said or it was so it was yeah it was scary and I also like knew that I was on the panel not just as a researcher but also as an adoptee so in a weird way like the the kinds of responses I knew that the organizers wanted me to provide were also kind of different to like in an academic setting yes so it just felt really new and like awkward I think it's a really charged atmosphere as well because I think you know adoptive parents come to these things obviously wanting to learn um but you know with their own fears and insecurities about parenting and adoptee Mm. um and Mm. maybe some of them are coming because they're they're struggling with a specific issue with the child and you know so they they come with all that all this stuff and it's like yeah yeah and then we're um uh, you know certain questions from them i think can just like trigger stuff for us randomly and Mm. yeah i just think it's it's kind of like can be a fraught atmosphere yeah yeah so (sighs) you've done a lot of those yeah um, but before we get into that, oh. like, how, how was it? How did it go? Um, and you said that the, the conversation ended up going um, kind of, like, veering away from the, from the documentary specifically. Yeah, so the, the documentary was, um, like, an abridged version of The Ugly Model about Kevin Kreider. Yeah. Which we may actually talk about in a, in a later episode. So... Yeah, I guess I was anticipating that more of the discussion would surround the themes of the actual documentary, so things like what it's like growing up or being perceived as an Asian-American man, things like masculinity, um, self-image, body image, um, dating, you know, those sorts of things. Um, But then the questions that were raised by the audience as well as kind of like the questions that the organizers um pitched were more general i guess about the adoptee experience so we didn't really we didn't really stay focused i guess on like asian male masculinity and maybe some of the issues as well um addressed in the documentary (laughs) you know i'm assuming that a lot of those parents that came like they're they have younger kids, mm. like, yeah, primary or middle school age or something. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's like, maybe they're not quite thinking about adulthood mm. yet. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely true because most of the questions that were asked were clearly coming from uh, a concern with, like, supporting a younger adoptee which you know it's great like I totally commend that I think it's fantastic that um, adoptive families were there um, and like seeking out actively seeking out resources and information or like adult adoptee experiences Um, but yeah you know so questions like you know what could schools do better to support adoptees when do you think the best time is to tell an adoptee that they're adopted what would you like what would you have liked as a younger person in terms of, like, support? Mm. Um, yeah, so so very much driven by, yeah, concern, like you said, of for, for younger adoptees. I really don't get that second question, by the way. If, I mean, if they're a Korean, like, transracially adopted child, adopted by... Uh, oh, how do they not know? Pretty obvious. Maybe that was a case where one of the parents was, like, Asian-Australian. 
Also, in that case, it's like, have you kind of like been lying to your child until now that like they're not adopted? Have you let them assume that they're that they were like yeah yeah yeah? <laughs> I I don't understand that question. I anyway, mean, I also I just <laughs> I I think it's also so complicated, right? Like I because for instance, like I don't think I understood what being adopted meant even when I was told like when I was a kid. So. Um, I think my answer to that question, I think, was something like, it has to be an ongoing conversation that you return to over and over again. It's not just like, oh, by the way, you're adopted, and then move on. It's like um, just a thing that you need to circle back to. Um, oh, yeah. And I think I was saying that because, like, for me, I think I've known I've been adopted. I think I've known I was adopted for as long as I can remember, but what that means is something that shifted so much through childhood and into adulthood so that's a good answer yeah <laughs> thanks Hannah <laughs> um, but yeah so they were I guess because of the concerns they were coming with they treated us as like grown up kids yeah yeah so nothing really about what it's like being an adult adoptee yeah Over the years, I've spoken at a lot of these, um, like, you know, in Australia, they have these mandatory, like, two-day education programs for um, for adoptive parents, I think, who have been, uh, like, approved um, as parents to adopt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of them are, like, waiting to um, meet their child. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, I think the most common question, which is really, it's, it's a difficult question to answer because it's quite broad, but it's like, what would you have liked growing up? What would have been good for you? You know, how could your parents have done things differently or better for you? Yeah. Yeah, and I think probably like just like any parent, they want to know like, how can we, how can we get this right? You know? <laughs> um and I, I wonder if there's maybe a sense, like, if they've, like, Googled things a bit or, uh, you know, they've probably seen um, all the so-called, like, angry adult adoptee um, blogs and voices out there and they're like, how can we make sure that, like... <laughs> My adoptee doesn't grow up angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's like... And I always feel like... Um, I, I feel like they ask these questions, but then sometimes I also, I, I get this feeling that, like, every parent, every new parent thinks, like, oh, I'm going to do this differently. Like, like somehow, despite what you've said about challenges that adoptees typically face, mm. um, like, m- my family will be different. Like, love will be enough. Like, I will do this, like... yeah. I don't know. I sometimes like, is that a really bad thing to say? Sometimes I just get that impression. Like they're going to be the exception. Yes. Yes. Right. So I, I feel like sometimes I, you know, I really um, kind of pour my heart out at these things. Mm. And I feel like, uh, I guess this is normal, but you know, like some, some of the, the attendees like kind of just pick and choose what they're going to take away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, to be honest, when I participate in these things, because I think they're important and it's like, um, you know, I, I still try to do them when I can. Mm-hmm. But I go in there with a slightly detached 
attitude sometimes. You know, yeah, it's like I, I go in thinking, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to say what I think is important, but yeah, I tr- try and um, detach myself a bit from from the response, right. Because sometimes I feel like I say things that I think are really important, but then, like, you know, then I'll just get, like, a random question about birth family search when that wasn't even what I was talking about or... Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're coming with, yeah, with their insecurities or concerns. Well, I guess that's the other other, um, thing that I wanted to ask you about is... Like, I guess, like, the emotional labor and the emotional cost of putting yourself out there and doing that sort of thing. Like, how do you, like... Yeah. Because, you you know, it is important and you still do it. But, yeah, like, how do you prepare yourself for that? I guess you just said you'd kind of go in more detached. But what's that experience like? Well, yeah, I mean, I... Nowadays, I go in a little more detached and, and I understand. I, like, I... There's actually, there's really no judgment here. I I totally understand that if you're at the stage where, you know, you're just waiting to adopt, um, and then, of course, like, you're so excited about receiving this Mm. infant, um, then, you know, it's like you can't also... um, It would probably be too much to be thinking, like, like way into the future about, like, adolescent and adult... um, Yeah challenges like I understand that you know there's only so much you can take in at a time and and um and they're excited and that you know someone like me comes in and talks about like um say identity stuff and mental health stuff and um you know like attachment and grief and trauma and the primal wound that I seem like just a huge like downer (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, yeah and and probably something they think oh well I can deal with that later yeah I can deal with that later and um and also this I think sometimes uh, like I get this impression like oh well you know you're in your 30s and like adoptive parents back then like didn't know any better and like now we do things much better you know now we're more educated like now we like read stuff on the internet and (laughs) sure but um do you think it's just like of course a parent would want to anticipate all those challenges and like figure out how to best support their kid but like maybe there's there should also be room for like actually like adoptees are just going to question their sense of identity and belonging and whatever and that's not necessarily a failure of parenting um it's about supporting them when they're doing that yeah Um, yeah and you know blah 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 but you obviously can't plan for everything and that's not you know yeah like like maybe if everyone just um this is obviously so much easier said than done but if everyone just accepted that all adoptees do deal with some on some level probably pre-conscious like some kind of trauma or some sort of detachment then it's like what you do when that manifests other than like trying to pretend that it doesn't exist or something yeah um yeah i don't think um our like wider society is quite there yet you know that they've um accepted that like separation through adoption is traumatic and that you know there um there's complicated grief that arises from that mm. and then yeah and then there are identity 
challenges that come up with transracial adoption. Yeah, I don't think we're quite there yet. It's like mm. maybe, um, yeah, within our, within our adoptive community we are, but more broadly, yeah. It's like... Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, so many adoptees are still trying to find therapists that even <laughs> acknowledge that, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I did hear some research uh, recently, actually from um, Nicole Shepard, who is a therapist and a researcher and an adult adoptee in Minnesota, and um, I think in her survey of adult adoptees and looking at mental health, that they found that having one adoptive parent who who kind of really understood um, the impact of adoption and could talk about it, that was definitely a protective factor mm-hmm. for, um, yeah, for a, a, adults, right. like, mental health. Yeah. I hope I've gotten that right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I mean, it's not surprising to me. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. How did you answer that question, by the way? Like, um, was there anything, like, what, what could your parent... What kind of support would you have wanted when you were growing up? Look, I don't really <laughs> uh, remember exactly what I said. Um, one thing that I did, it might not have been in response to that specific question, but um, I think it would have been a good support to have a language around adoption when I was younger. Um, and I kind of, like linked that to like for instance coming out as queer when I was 16 like there was a language for that so I knew it was an identification that linked me to others I didn't know that being adopted was an identity that could also link me to others I know that sounds like really obvious now but adoptiness as an identity was not part of the like constellation of you know, positions and whatever that I had back then. Yeah. I mean, and the same thing actually with being trans. If I'd known what trans was when I was younger, I probably might have come out earlier. You know, so I think I think talking, obviously, in an informed way about adoption to the child is really important and making them aware that it is a social identity. It's not just something that happened to you. And that if you want, if it's like, if it's something you would like then you could be linked in with others who share in this, like, experience. Um. Yes, yeah. No, I think, yeah, so that relates to community and feeling connected and... um, Totally, yeah. And I think, yeah, finding other people with a similar experience that um, that I kind of vibe with (laughs) (laughs) has probably been the most, like, healing and beneficial thing for me. Obviously... It's like I had to be ready for that, and I didn't yeah. really want a bar of it until uh, my mid twenties. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but so sure, it's yeah. hard and complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We would also like to thank our patrons again, and I think this is a really cute story. So um, we we have his permission to share it. Um, <laughs> so one of our patrons, Kev. Uh, he he just recently increased his monthly donation, <laughs> which I think is really cute. And then thanks, Kev. Apparently, he he doesn't personally listen to the podcast, but he is a patron because his adoptee partner um, is a fan of the podcast, and that's Aww. this is like his way of of supporting her, which is so cute. That's so cute. 
Anyway, thank you, Kev, and thank you to all our patrons. Um, it actually, so now we can currently like cover the cost of our um, podcast what is hosting. It? Yes, yes, the podcast hosting service thing, which yeah. basically allows our episodes to remain running on like Apple and iTunes or whatever. So thank you so much to our patrons. Yes. Oh, and also, just really quickly, so you are part of a portrait exhibition here in Seoul. And so I'm going to the opening. Um, actually, I will have already gone by the time that this episode comes out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but I think it's running for a couple of weeks. I really should have checked these details earlier. But <laughs> We can post it on the Instagram and Facebook. Yes. Yes. It's called Beyond the Binary. Yes. Um, and we'll post, like, the details of it. But it's it's this really cool project. Um, I believe I'm the only adoptee on it, or in it, whatever you, <laughs> however you oh, say cool. it. Oh, um, yeah. Which is basically, yeah, about, about Koreans that um, have a gender identity that's obviously beyond the binary. So please go... Um, and check it out and support um, the exhibition. I think all proceeds are going to like a trans uh, activist center. Yes, yeah. we will post all those details. Oh, it's only running until for like a week, until Friday the 29th of November. But anyway, if you happen to be in Seoul and you listen to this episode... Please go. Uh, please go and send... Can you <laughs> yes. please go and then send us a photo of you with my portrait because I haven't even seen it and I can't be in Seoul. Oh, really? Like, you haven't I have no seen idea what I look like. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Yeah, okay. send me your photos. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Adopted Feels Podcast. We're on Twitter at Adopted Feels. Um, and as always, please... Give us a five-star rating, or even better, review us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. I'm just sorry. It feels like it's been ages since um, we did an episode like this, actually, where we just, like, talked about our own feelings on something. <laughs> gosh, gosh. Impromptu. Okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to ask about... Sorry, this is like an aside. I also wanted to ask about the relationship with your sister, but I think I think we should just because I think that's really nice. But then I also feel like we should skip forward and talk about the panel. And I think it's smoother this way. And also, like maybe yeah. in the future, um, I can get my sister to be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's cute. she's an am amazing like sibling ally. I think, yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's just a, a special person. Oh, she's special. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is actually like bringing up a lot of feelings oh. <laughs> I didn't anticipate. <laughs> <laughs>